It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another evening of motorsports conversation here on the Stock Car Show as we broadcast on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. My name is Tom Baker, and I am joined at the roundtable this evening by, well, a few different people. Chris Murdoch, of course, uh, is with us once again, as always. Jacob Seelman behind the glass doing double duty as a co-host and button puncher, otherwise known as producer. And we've got Spencer Boyd with us as well for a part of the show. And Spencer, of course, an Xfinity Series rookie this year, who I've had the pleasure of watching since his days in the Legends cars. So he's come a long way. And we're looking forward to talking to him. Of course, this is a big week. If you're listening to this on Thursday evening live, then uh, we've got the ARCA race at Charlotte that's going on. Uh, and of course that's all part of the final of the 10 days of thunder, the final few days of it, I guess you could say the big finale, because of course, uh, tomorrow night, Friday night at the dirt track will be the world of outlaws. And then on Saturday, the Alsco 300 for the Xfinity series. And on Sunday evening is soft drink race, the, yeah, that soft drink race, the Coca-Cola 600 that will be literally the grand finale of, I think, what most of us would agree is the closest thing to motorsports bliss that you get in terms of a day of racing. Uh, most of us wake up and have breakfast while watching the Grand Prix of Monaco for Formula One, and then we have lunch watching the Indy 500, and you basically have dinner uh, right about the time that the Coca-Cola 600s ramping up. So it's uh, just a, a great week and a great weekend to be a race fan. And over the course of this show, we're going to just kind of review the past weekend a little bit right off the top here. And then we'll talk about what's ahead and what's happening during this week in Charlotte, too, because uh, we've got a couple of uh, outlaw cart races that are uh, being raced or have been raced already this week in the Charlotte area. So just a lot going on. It's uh, really a lot of fun to be a race fan in this area on this particular week. So we start with, uh, if we go back to last weekend, just to set the table, and I specifically want to focus here for a moment on the all-star race, because, you know, we're going to, it's a contrasting styles situation right now in the all-star race. We had, of course, the experimentation with the restrictor plates and the package that we ran in the Xfinity series at Indy last year. And that, by all accounts, I think was very positive. The racing was very, very energetic. Lots of passing, lots of pack racing. And Jacob, I'll start with you. Just a a quick thought from your point of view you and I and Chris were all involved in all of the post-race pressers and even the pre-race press conferences, listening to the drivers talk before then after about it. And even Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR, Marcus Smith from Charlotte. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of agreement that there's some room here to figure out how to perhaps incorporate that further down the line. 
There is want. Uh, let's be clear that the RTA or Race Team Alliance, which, by the way, uh, elected some new executive membership, executive leadership, I guess I should say, over the weekend that we can talk about a little later in this show during one of our little news blocks. But uh, everybody seemed very positive. This can't be done until 2019 by the agreement that the RTA has with NASCAR. Uh, Nothing that we're going to see mid-season, but Steve O'Donnell was very positive. Marcus Smith point-blank said it was the best mile-and-a-half track race he had seen in years, and he was lobbying Steve-O by the time the checkered flag fell. We need this this year. And, of course, O'Donnell goes, well, we can't do that. And Marcus (laughs) goes, why not? (laughs) But... I will say, from my standpoint, I walked over to John Schwartz from NASCAR IMC before I left the media center on Saturday night, and I told him point blank, this coming from one of your biggest critics about on-track product and the lack of excitement on intermediate tracks in the last 18 months, y'all hit a home run right here, or at least a home run by comparison to what we've seen the last few years. I was thoroughly entertained by both the Open and the All-Star race on Saturday. There was a lot of passing. There was a lot of action. Nobody got away from each other. And let's see. The 2017 All-Star race, Kyle Busch won by a second and a half. Last night, there were nine cars within (laughs) a second and a half at the finish. For me, that is a major improvement. Guys could race side-by-side, but at the same time, the fast guys still found their way to the front. Handling was king, and Kevin Harvick ultimately was king. The guy's on a roll. You're just not going to stop him right now, and I give him a lot of credit. He's 6-for-13. This is a kind of run that hasn't been seen in 25 years or more, and... I give SHR all the props in the world for what they're doing right now. I I think the the funniest thing for me after the race Saturday night was coming in and watching Kevin basically go through our post-race press conference virtually exhausted. And I looked at him, I go, you're subdued, Kevin. That never happens. And he looks at me and goes, I got two kids that wore me out today, dude. If you had been through everything I'd been through, you'd be tired too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. that was a, a pretty interesting response uh, and apt for Kevin for his day. Chris, uh, thoughts from you on what you saw on Saturday night because you were actually out amongst it taking photos, so you kind of got to see it almost at track level. Yeah, during the race tonight, or I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I'm During all, the race about four or five it, nights ago, you yeah. like Kevin Harvick are tired. I'm tired. It's been a week. So, <laughs> but during that race, uh, I was up and down pit road. I was in turn one. I was in turn four, and I don't think I ever saw a moment on the track where somebody wasn't side by side with another car, which is really unheard of at Charlotte these past few years, where you can get distance, you can get away from these other cars. You couldn't do that, and I saw it in practice that day as well when they had the practice that morning. It was uh, three wide off of turn four. You know, everybody pushing each other, pushing the limits. So it was a really good atmosphere. I could tell the fans were digging it because they were all up on their feet throughout most of the race, and and everybody was really just excited to see passing again at Charlotte. Spencer Boyd, you're an Xfinity Series rookie, so you would not, I don't believe, have run with this particular package. Um from your observation, I mean, as a racer, you obviously would rather go faster than slower, I'm sure. But from your observation, if you can kind of look at this from all ways, 
as a driver, are you supportive of this kind of an initiative to prioritize side-by-side racing and competition and passing over necessarily how fast can we make these things go? Go ahead. I was uh, I was thrilled with the All Star race. Uh, if you were looking at my Twitter the other day, right after the All Star race, I posted up a video, and you could just see um, my reaction as a fan. Um, posted up that video, you could see how excited I was. Um, I was up in the suite, fortunately, with some sponsors watching the race, and I watched every lap. And I'm like any race fan, you know, you watch a race at a mile and a half, and you watch the beginning and then take a little break and eat some food and then you're ready to watch the end. You might pay attention to this, the end of the stages because there might be some cautions and some heated battles. To, uh, the other night, that race was was crazy. Side-by-side, side, stuff that you haven't seen at mile and a half. Um, you're right, I wasn't fortunate enough to run that package at Indy last year in Xfinity. This year in Xfinity, we're going to have that same package at Pocono, Michigan, and Indy as well. So I'm excited. I think it's going to help uh, equal the playing field. And at the end of the day, we're uh, we're out there to produce good racing for the fans. And the speed is the speed. You know, I, I grew up racing cars that were not 180 mile an hour. Right. So uh, you don't have to do 180 mile an hour to put out good racing. I think you see that at local short tracks all the time. So this racing side-by-side, uh, side, people getting loose, scrubbing the wall, it, it was really great. It's like... Joey Logano said during his press conference before the race, speed is all relative. You can you can go fast. You might feel like you're going really fast down the front straightaway, but you're not. You're in one of those slow situations. So speed is all relative in those situations when you're, when you're going down and you're that close to everybody. Well, you're right. I mean, Spencer makes a great point about short track racing or, you know, Steve O'Donnell made the point in his post-race press conference when he came in to talk to us that, Everybody loves the trucks and talks about what great racing there is in the truck series. Nobody talks about how fast they're going or not going. I mean, it's just great racing. So from a driver's point of view, I I can appreciate how this would be a bit of a almost a reverse intuition kind of thing. It's like now you're making us go slower. But at the end of the day, as you have correctly said, Spencer, it really is about the fans. It's about putting on the best show for the fans that we can in the most exciting form of racing. And, you know, somebody talks about drag racing. Well, you know, it's a good thing we don't have these kinds of worries in drag racing. Well, the fact is they're going in a straight line. And the whole idea of that that particular form of the sport is to see who can get to the end of the line faster than the next guy. So it's a bit of a different situation I think right now, because we've made the cars so good that what's happened is I think the ability for them to race and and pass each other on these mile and a half with the downforce packages that they've been running, it, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's just kind of gone away. So I think what we need to do is exactly what Steve O'Donnell said. We need to look at this wisely and not rush into it. I mean, I, I'd love to see it for the 600, but I really kind of wouldn't, you know, because I'd be afraid that we would we would somehow have a bad race. And it's like, oh, well, there goes that um, the 600 is a race unto itself. And I don't know how 
you would want that to be for 600 miles, you may not have any cars left by the end of it. So you kind of have to look at that and, and figure out, you know, where do you go from here? But I think the, the first piece of that was very successful. And as we start to look ahead here now to what's coming up this weekend, we go back to talking about what have we seen so far this season and where are we going from here? And that's what we're going to begin to unpack. We'll talk more with Spencer Boyd. A lot coming up here. We're just getting started on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. The leaders in motorsport safety will be back in a moment on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. In the middle of a very busy week around these parts, uh, out and around 
the race chaser race city usa studios here in mooresville north carolina lots of teams having open houses and meet and greets and all kinds of good stuff going on us well we're just doing radio shows and going to the racetrack and having a whole lot of fun covering the action which we'll obviously uh, have for you in recap form uh, after the weekend is over with so welcome back to the stock car show once again tom baker chris murdoch jacob sealman spencer boyd all gathered around here having some motorsports conversation and um we talked about last week's all-star race and the package that we ran in that particular event. Now, of course, back to normal uh, for this coming weekend, back to the packages we normally run in the mile and a half tracks for the cup series. And of course the Xfinity series wasn't uh, in action this past weekend and now they will be. And so let's talk a little bit more with Spencer about what he's got going on. And first of all, for those who have seen your race, kind of watched you a little bit, but aren't real familiar, talk about Green SS Greenlight. Talk about your situation a little bit. Just give the folks an idea of what Spencer Boyd is doing in the Xfinity Series and kind of where you guys are at. Absolutely. So I'm Spencer. I drive the 76 uh, Grunt Style Chevy Camaro for SS Greenlight. So we're a, uh, we are a uh, Xfinity team in Mooresville, North Carolina. We're one of the smaller teams in NASCAR. So... Uh, we have one teammate, Joey Gase. He drives the 35 car. He's actually been racing for eight years in NASCAR. So he's been a good teammate to lean on. But like I said, being one of the smaller teams, you know, we show up to the racetrack. Uh, the main goal is to finish the race and, and get experience. We don't always have, you know, the best motors or uh, the best tires on every restart. But it's a good uh, good opportunity for myself to uh, grow my brand and, and just learn how these Xfinity cars are. I moved up from late models to trucks and Xfinity cars in a matter of four years. So things happen quick for me, and all these racetracks sure are, are really new. Uh, the beginning of the season started off going out to uh, Daytona. I'd been there before in a truck, but then it was all new. Atlanta, Vegas, Phoenix, California, uh, then back to Texas for finally a second time for myself. So this whole season has been just a lot of learning. Spencer, you, you talked about when you guys go to the track, you don't really have the best equipment sometimes, and you go out there and try to get the experience. Where most people are trying to, you know, most top teams are focused on points in, in the championship. When you guys go to the track, like, say, Charlotte this week, for example, what what is your game plan? When you, when you roll the car off the truck, what do you guys really focus on? What What's the team meeting like in, uh, at the track? Well, when we unload at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, first thing is just uh, go out there and shake down the car. Make sure everything's solid, everything feels right. Uh, after about four or five laps of that, we'll come in, make some small adjustments, probably lower the splitter, uh, get our aero package where we think we would run in a mock qualifying run. Since I've ran a truck at Charlotte, we hope to unload uh, somewhat close. We'll go out there and, and lay down a lap, see where we stack up on the board. Uh, with us, you know, being in the top 30 in practice is solid for us. And then in the race, we hope to finish in the top 25, whether that's just uh, improving our car throughout the race or attrition. We take it however we can get it. You know, um, our main deal is just have an average finish in between 25th and 30th for the year. Uh, learning these racetracks, the biggest thing to move up in points and build your brand and, and have a good reputation in the sport is finishing races. Uh, you don't want to go out there and, and get in the way, but you don't want to tear up uh, equipment because then uh, team owners aren't going to look at you. Okay, you've talked about learning a couple of times already. 
how does one learn? It's almost as if you have to do this in the span of about three days each week because you're taken off on Thursday to head to the tracks, right? So you go from Daytona, which you knew, now all of a sudden you're having to spend three days crash coursing Atlanta, then it's three days crash coursing Phoenix and so on and so forth. Literally, what does that look like for you? For me, it's a lot of dead phone batteries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just constantly talking to uh, anybody that will give me advice. You know, you you obviously try and talk to guys like Mark Martin is one that I talk to a lot. Really? For every race. Um, he gives me a lot of advice. Uh, he's driven a wide span of equipment from, you know, so-so to winning races for Jack Roush to being in some of the best equipment back there and, you know, 08 to 2012 with uh with Hendrick with so Hendrick, yeah. um he knows everything I I think he's he's a great guy he's accomplished a lot in a the sport then you talk to guys like Ray Black who who drove my equipment two years ago um he's a good guy to talk to and then outside of that it's watching video uh just past races even some old races just to see how the tracks changed um some races are at night this year and they weren't the, the previous year so watching a lot of footage and then I have an iRacing simulator at the house, so I crank out a lot of hours on that. It's full motion, uh, made by Sim Gear, and and they they make a great product. It's been a it's been a good tool for me, but obviously it's not 100% realistic. And with NASCAR's testing policies, uh, we're kind of in a box. You know, one we're on a smaller budget. Two, you're in that box as far as going out there and renting the racetrack and running laps. So it's all about talking to people, practicing on iRacing, and watching a lot of film. Spencer, as far as uh, the car on the track for you this year, uh, you guys have brought a very solid association with Grunt Style. I know that's been a huge part of what has made your team tick. Talk a little bit about that and the support that they've brought to your team because I know it has a lot to do also of why you guys have the number 76 in the Xfinity Series this year. That's right. So there's a lot of me meaning behind that 76. And for us, my primary sponsor is Grunt Style, which is a veteran-owned patriotic apparel company. Uh, they have really put me on the map within NASCAR from my third truck race to every Xfinity race that I've ran. I've had Grunt Style on board. And they promote America, a lot of made-in-America products. So 1776 can't have four digits in NASCAR, so we went with <laughs> 76. And a lot of fans like it. And we try to be the most patriotic car in NASCAR. That's what I want to promote is uh, veteran-owned and American-made. Uh, a lot of our other partners from uh, excessive carts to ranch hand grill guards made in America to Strike Force Energy, uh, veteran-owned. So just all of our partners uh, are close to my brand and what I'm doing and promoting is made in America and veteran-owned, and we're having a lot of fun doing it, and I'm getting to travel the country and race race cars. Does that make it? extra important when you come home to a race like Charlotte on Memorial Day weekend? How much more does this weekend mean to you guys? Well, this is important. So uh, we have a, uh, a fallen soldier on board over the uh, passenger side this weekend, and we have a marine-themed car. So that's catching nice. a lot of attention. Yeah, we got uh, Calcutta coolers on board as well. So a lot of great partners have uh, been linking up with myself, and we're going out there on the racetrack doing our thing, and on social media, we're having a lot of fun interacting with fans and just talking about um, my journey. You know, it seems like a lot of people want to know what it's like to be a race car driver, and I don't mind being the one to tell them. You're one of the hometown 
drivers in this field. When you come back to Charlotte, a place where you spent so much of your earlier career, and I remember plenty of uh, summer shootout races uh, where you've been at the racetrack in the past. I mean, what does it mean to come back here, to race here, and uh, as so many of the young kids right now have done, go from the quarter mile to the big track? Well, Charlotte Motor Speedway was the first racetrack that I went through the tunnel in. So uh, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and moved to North Carolina when I was 14. So uh, Gateway didn't have a tunnel, right? You didn't get that same feeling. And then you move and you start racing go-karts at Charlotte Motor Speedway and Legend Cars on the quarter mile and Bandoleros on the fifth mile outside. And you drive through that tunnel, and I remember that feeling. I remember that Kenny Chesney concert or uh, Kenny Chesney song that was playing in the truck driving through the tunnel. Uh, it's just uh, really meaningful. Uh, I live right down the street from Charlotte Motor Speedway, so I pass it every day. It's very humbling. And just to be able to race there on the big track for the first time last year in trucks, and then I'm going to be racing both uh, Xfinity races this year, and one of those is going to be super unique. I'm going to be in the first Roval race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So I'm excited about that and just hometown. Uh, there's a lot going on this week. I, I've had a busy week already, but here we are Thursday, and it's going to be a good weekend. Have you even thought about that yet? Let yourself think about what the Roval's going to be like in September? I try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have a lot of laps on, and legend cars out there in the same area, but they wouldn't change the track up on me. So uh, there's a lot of changes, but I think it's going to be unique. At the end of the day, it's going to be a, a good race for the fans. I think it's going to be exciting and really don't know what to expect. As a driver, I think uh, – you're just going to be trying to keep your nose clean and stay out of trouble. It's a very narrow racetrack. For just for those listening who really don't understand that reference, the Legends cars run two big series at Charlotte Motor Speedway during the year. The Bojangles Summer Shootout, which is run on the quarter mile that you can kind of see on the front stretch at Charlotte, little infield slash front straightaway quarter mile. And then the winter heat is uh, for half of the races is run on a road course in the infield. That's a big part of what now is the Roval, right, Spencer? So, but like you said, they've kind of reconfigured it a little bit and made it a little bit uh, more confusing as far as from what you're used to. So they went and tore it up and basically said, hey, we're going to start all over again. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Sometimes that's what you have to do. And we got to take a lap around it during media tour and i i'll never forget that experience getting to go around the new roval and it's tight so uh it'll be interesting to see how the cars fit through that section yeah just with jeff burton and the camry it was an interesting experience i can't even imagine what it'll be like for you guys the race cars yeah when you're trying to outbreak somebody into a corner and go side by side it's it's gonna be interesting yeah i just thought about something since they kind of tore up the legends road course and they have this roval track now i wonder if this coming winter heat will be run on the roval and you'll get to go run part of the big track i still have a legend car (laughs) (laughs) so in other words that translates jacob to bring it on (laughs) something like that and what we're going to bring on right now is a commercial break we're going to continue with more of the stock car show presented by hms motorsport in a moment you are listening to the program here on spreaker and the performance motorsports network do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control if you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills summit point motorsports park the mid-atlantic's premier motorsports facility has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, all around talking racing. And right now, we have a very special guest with us on the race chaser hotline that would be kaz grala returning to the program once again kaz first of all good to have you back second of all i want to know how you 
build an Xfinity team in a matter of about a week or a week and a half. It seems like you guys have really accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, and I'm sure you've still got a long way to go uh, to be able to be race ready for the upcoming weekend's Alsco 300. Yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable how quickly everything has been able to come together, but I guess that's just a, a product of having a lot of talented people around you. Um, here at Fury Race Cars, they've got some really good guys. They've brought in some really good guys, and um, that's that's what's allowed this to happen. We've gotten a lot of help as well from from uh, companies and, and help around us within the racing industry that's allowed us to get all of this together. And as we speak, I'm watching them uh, wrap the primary car for this weekend's race wow. in Charlotte, which you'll you'll be able to see a picture of that on social media a little later as soon as they're finished. Um, so it's it's pretty amazing how how well everything has has ended up so far, and we're really excited about these next four races that we're going to run. Well, of course, you started the season with JGL Racing, and then there just came a point where um, a split occurred. What can you tell us from your perspective about that situation that has ultimately, obviously, led you? to put together this uh, new scenario for you with Fury Race Cars? Well, over there at JGL, they uh, they gave me the opportunity to drive in the 24 car full-time for this season. Um, the, the team owner over there was going to do a, a lot of the funding for us in addition to our own partners. And Unfortunately, um, it, he, he has some, some health problems as of late and was no longer able to fund our program. So he had to shut the, the number 24 team down. Uh, they'll still operate with the other team, but, um, that, that left me without a, a car to drive. And, and a lot of the guys that were still over there, uh, left them unemployed. So luckily our, our group of guys really enjoyed working together. They liked working with me and, uh, they wanted to continue to do so. And, uh, Fury race cars was able to say, Hey, we can run you in four races. So that's a start. Um, so we've got some equipment over here as part of the settlement for breaking the contract. We've got, um, three cars from JGL that, that we have over here. And that's, that's what we're uh, using to kickstart our program. But we've got, we've got really good people and I'm lucky to, to have the people around me that I do. And, um, I'm really looking forward to this because it's going to be fun. And I think, I think we're going to be pretty decent. So, um, should be, should be a blast. Kaz, I, I know this for you is so much about having a lot of good people around you and for your development still early on in your Xfinity career with these cars, how important is it for you transitioning to this new situation that you're able to stick with Shane Wilson and be able to continue that communication that you guys had built together over these first 10 races over into the 61 car that you're going to drive at Fury starting this weekend? I think that's crucial because it's it's hard enough being a rookie in in this high of a series in NASCAR. You've got your own challenges um, that are a given, and to be able to have really talented people around you just helps to to ease that challenge. But even more so, having consistency of people around you um, is is just as much a benefit. So uh, knowing that I've got a, a lot of the same guys that I had, in addition to our regular Fury guys who, of course, I, I have a great relationship with and an existing chemistry with already going into this. Uh, the cool thing is I know every single person on my team 
no matter where they came from, I've worked with all of them already. Um, so, so that's going to be really important, I think, going into these four races and uh, already having that communication and that relationship. This is, I know, special in a lot of ways because obviously Fury Race Cars is the unit and the organization that your dad has been so much a big part of. What's the emotions there? Because I feel like this is kind of bringing everything full circle. We watched you and your dad way back in the beginning when you were in a Bandolero and and Legends car at Charlotte, and now to see you come back in an Xfinity car, have your dad be involved. I talked to him over the weekend, and I know he was just... Uh, you could hear the smile in his voice as he was talking about this, just for him to see how special it was and to watch this going on and coming together. What's it like for you? Well, I, it's it's really cool, and I think I think we're really going to enjoy getting to work together in this capacity again. And um, he's very excited about it, and this is kind of like a dream come true for him as well. Um, but of course we're not going to be able to finish out the season without finding uh, additional sponsorship for the program. Uh, we're, we're very thankful for, for Nets for being on board so far this season, and um, they're going to continue to be on board here. But we're nearing the end of the races they committed to at the beginning of the year, so we are definitely open and, and willing to have discussions with, with everyone and see if if anyone's interested in a, a part-time or full-time basis going forward from here in the season. And that's really what would make it possible for us to, to keep running and to keep having fun. And hopefully we'll see this weekend at Charlotte. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we uh, can run at least as, as good as we've been running this year. And, and I think that would be uh, pretty special for us as an organization, especially starting on such short notice. I, I think that would be very impressive for all of us personally for those who are used to what a normal xfinity team brings to the track this is another thing i was talking with your dad about Uh, anybody who thinks that this team is going to show up with one of the huge haulers the big rigs uh this is let's be clear this is predominantly a late model team you guys are really putting this together on as you said extremely short notice so uh what are we looking for this weekend? I mean, fans looking for you, it, it's not going to be the norm, or at least not what it's been the first 10 races, certainly. No, it is going to look more like a late-mile team. And more than anything, actually, Fury is not even a team anymore, but they're a, a late-model and modified manufacturer. So they don't even necessarily have all the equipment here that a regular race team at any level does have. So we're having to rent toolboxes. We're having to rent... Uh, a pit box we're we're basically starting from scratch clean slate um and of course we will uh funny enough be rolling up in a in a toter home like you would see at a late model track definitely not the big hauler um so it's going to be a little bit different we might stick out like a sore thumb but we're we're crossing our fingers and hoping that we can improve our performance over the next four weeks so that by the end of it people know we were there because of our performance not because we look a little bit different well what's interesting to me about this Kaz is you know I I always believe that the Lord works in mysterious ways and just hearing you talk about you know the idea of working with your dad in this new capacity and the idea of starting from scratch with a clean slate and 
you know, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, but at the same time, it's a really interesting challenge, I would imagine, and being able to go to the track and maybe do it in a more simplified way, even though it may make some procedures harder or whatever, or may not have all quite all the creature comforts, um, it kind of puts you in the position of being a bit of an underdog. So if you then go out on the track and perform well, you know, that might actually help your cause of attracting, you know, some um, partners for the rest of the season. You know, it's just kind of funny how all that works. It's it's not always a bad thing to uh, be in a situation like you're in. Sometimes out of a bad situation comes something you never expected that can be really glorious. Absolutely. And uh, I do think it takes some of the pressure off because, yes, we have a lot of work to be done here, but we're not necessarily stressed out or or worried about having to work. That's what we're here to do. But it does take the pressure of performance off because really whatever we're able to achieve is already a bonus because I felt like I was with an underdog program to start the year, and that at least was an Xfinity team. It just wasn't a cup team in Xfinity. And now I'm in a late model team in Xfinity. (laughs) So there's definitely no, no performance expectations. We can only go up from here. So I think we're all looking at it as a clean slate, an opportunity to to showcase everyone here on the team. Shane is the crew chief, our engineer, everyone at Fury, show that people at Fury here know exactly what they're doing, and they're really good at it too. And and hopefully that'll help them sell some more cars and and hopefully uh, make it fun and satisfying for for all of us trying to achieve our goals. Because, of course, there's no expectations by others, but we all have our our own of personal pressure that we put on ourselves to perform. So we're looking to go out there and, and see how close we can get to achieving that. We've got four opportunities to do so. Kaz, I know uh, we've got a handful of more questions for you, but we do need to uh, slide in a quick break. So if you're good with that, uh, hang tight with us here for just a minute, and we'll be back with more of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport in just a moment. You're listening to the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's in your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Kaz Grawl and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Did the producer just bring Kaz Grala in to reintroduce Kaz Grala? Would yeah, I would I do that? Yeah, you would actually. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you would. Uh, welcome back to the Stock Car Show, where we like to have a good time while we were talking. While we let me let me try that again. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, where we like to have a good time while we talk racing here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker and Jacob Seelman chatting with the aforementioned and aforeheard Kaz Grala about um, what is basically a new season for him now and a new start uh, as he makes his debut this weekend at Charlotte for the Alsco 300 with Fury Race Cars' new Xfinity team, um, a four-race deal, and should be a lot of fun. Kaz, I know that when you look at coming into a race that's kind of a home race, there's there's always a little extra incentive, but when I look at your situation, you pretty much know that you're probably not going to be racing for the win, so maybe it's just a little extra incentive to just go and have fun and do the best you can and see what you can do to, to kind of get a baseline for your new team and accelerate yourself forward into the summer season. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think there's no pressure going into it. But at the same time, when we get on track, I think I'm definitely going to be racing. Oh, of course. Seeing how close I can get to it. That's sure. what we're here to do. So we're going to we're going to put our best foot forward and try to kick off these next four races on a on a good note and see if we can take this temporary solution and turn it into some kind of more permanent solution uh hopefully with with some good performances so we've definitely got our incentive and now we need to go out and execute that kaz i want to ask something that i'm not sure if i've heard anybody ask you or at least if they have i haven't uh, caught on to the answer yet i'm curious was the choice of the number the 61 is that kind of what was available to you or did you guys have a particular uh, purpose behind picking that specific number for this well you know you'd actually be surprised at how few numbers are available it was it was surprising to me at least 
Um, but I, I let the uh, the team here at Fury pick the number, and they are a modified manufacturer. And if you're thinking modified, you're thinking number sixty-one. The so, rapid Roman. Um, exactly, Richie and you know, funny enough, actually, my mom grew up in Rome, New York, herself. Wow. And I spent every summer of my life up until about age ten. Uh, three months a year in Rome, New York. So it seemed to be a, a great fit for us, and I know it got all the, the guys here excited. And, um, so we're, we're definitely proud to be repping the 61 on the door. Could we possibly see a throwback paint scheme at some point with an orange car? Well, you know, if you can help me get the word out there and find sponsorship to keep running through Darlington, then the answer is definitely yes. We'll have to Calling work on all that. sponsors. We'll have to work on that. <laughs> I would gladly uh, work, go to work finding some funding for that just to see a, a Richie Evans throwback scheme on the track at Darlington. How much fun would that be? But uh, now for you, Kaz, assess where you're at right now because I know there was a lot of learning, and as you told us at the very start of the season, a whole lot of new for you stepping up to the Xfinity Series. Ten races later, going to some tracks, some of which you had been at before, some of which maybe you hadn't been before. Uh, Where do you feel your growth is at right now, and kind of what have you learned through these first ten races of the season? Well, I think I've I've definitely grown a lot as a driver. I think last year through the, the 2017 truck season, I think I, I learned a lot about how to manage a race with pit stops and in a longer race like, like the National Series do. And by the end of last season, I felt pretty confident in, in how I could uh, play my race from beginning to end to make sure I was around at the end and able to capitalize on it. And, I feel like I was able to pick up right where I left off in the trucks in the Xfinity cars. And the cool thing is, yes, they drive much, much differently than trucks do, but they actually drive more like everything you've driven before trucks. So uh, it it didn't take me but maybe one practice session to kind of reacclimate to what it's like to drive a race car. And then uh, from there, I could kind of pick up where I left off knowledge-wise in the trucks. And I feel like I've, I've only strengthened that and learned in these uh, slightly longer races in Xfinity, how to manage those and, and manage your feedback for pit stops. And I feel like I'm at a place right now where I can I can definitely make the most of, of the opportunity I, I have, and that's exactly what we're going to be trying to do here at Charlotte. All right, so I will ask this now, because we've talked about a lot of the people, your dad, Shane Wilson, there's one other guy who has a fairly prominent name, or I guess two guys who share the prominent name that are involved with Fury Race Cars, and I know in particular Tony Urie Jr., but also Pops. Uh, both of them have had a, a vested interest in making this program go in all fronts. To be able to work with them and draw on their experience, I'm sure, is going to be a huge benefit for you, uh, not just at Charlotte, but really all four of these races that you're going to get to drive. Absolutely, yeah. Tony, uh, I've been lucky to work with him already in late models and and in our R&D and testing for the the Fury Model R, but now I get to work with him kind of in his wheelhouse here in uh, the stock car world. So uh, we wish that Tony would be able to be with us in Charlotte, but of course this was such short notice here for this team starting up, and 
he was already committed to Danica to be at the Indy 500 with her. So we'll, uh, we'll have to have him watch from afar this weekend, but uh, I'm hoping he'll be able to make it out to Pocono um, to, to catch the action there with us and, and give us his two cents. Well, I know, uh, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of partners, Kaz, that have helped make this possible for you, uh, not just in your first 10 races, but going forward here to help keep you on the track for at least four more. Uh, give some shout-outs where you need to. Who do you need to thank for giving you this opportunity with Fury Race Cars and for the first 10 races of your Xfinity season so far? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll always be grateful to uh, James Whitener and everyone over at JGL Racing for giving me the opportunity to kick off my Xfinity career and, and drive 10 races with them and, and Nets as well for the support through through that deal and uh, continuing through uh, here at Fury Race Cars and to, to everyone here at Fury Race Cars because they, they're busy building cars and they all uh, were able to sacrifice and take a little extra time out of their day to, to help start this program here. And um, I, I really am appreciative of, of them being willing to do that. So hopefully we can go out there and have a strong showing so that uh, we can make everybody proud that, that helped make this possible. So really quickly, because I know there's a lot of fans scratching their heads hearing that, uh, talk for a, just a minute or two. What exactly is NETS for those who don't know? NETS is New England Tractor Trailer Training School. It's a school where you can get your CDL from uh, based up in New England where I'm from. and uh, It's a personal connection that I've had with them for years, and they were actually my very first real sponsor on a race car way back in probably 2013-ish. Um, so they've, they've been with me at every level of the journey so far, and, and I'm glad they, they were willing to take the step up to Xfinity so far with me. I love how, Tom, he's barely starting college, and he talks about 2013 as being a long time ago. <laughs> like, really? Exactly. <laughs> well, it, time goes by quick, but certainly uh, Kaz has come a long way in a very short time, for sure. Well, Kaz, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your schedule to chat with us, and we'll look forward to seeing you at Charlotte this weekend and wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. See you guys there. That is Kaz Grala, and we are going to go ahead and step aside, but we have much more to come. A whole nother hour of the Stock Car Show is ahead, so if you were thinking about going anywhere, well, don't, because we'll be back with more in just a moment here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. 
Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. We appreciate their uh, long-running support of this show, and uh, we look forward to many years with uh, HMS. We'll talk more about some of the things we're doing in partnership with HMS in future weeks here on the program. Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, Jacob Seelman, and our special guest still hanging around with us here into the second hour, Spencer Boyd, and kind of previewing the weekend, um, talking with Kaz Grawl a little bit ago about everything he's got going on. We'll bring Spencer back and, you know, we'll talk specifically now about Charlotte and, and the Alsco 300. Is Charlotte a favorite? I know, obviously, the whole hometown thing. We talked about that last hour. But just in terms of the track, is this a good track that you're excited about? Is this, I mean, talk about what you're looking forward to here this weekend. Well, I like Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, outside of it being a hometown track, it, it's a good, uh, it's good racing. Uh, it has been good racing. Obviously, um, they're making changes, uh, with what happened at the all-star race. And that was a different type of Charlotte motor speedway, but yeah. coming this weekend, uh, it's going to be more old school for, uh, the Xfinity series and just the track in general turns one and two, your car is usually pretty good. Uh, you fight the handling and turns three and four the outside wall off turn four comes up quick. So uh, just trying to make your car turn on a long run is going to be important. So we're going to be paying attention to that in the, uh, in practice. What is the dog little dog leg there? What does that do from a driving perspective? What does that do to your lap? Cause you're, you're kind of like you said, the wall comes up quick and all of a sudden it's like, oops, you know, get <laughs> right. down there. Yeah. Nothing prepares you for that. Uh, you know, growing up short track racing, you don't really have dog legs right. like that. So um, it's different. And I know as a fan, you look at a mile and a half, and it's like, man, they're all the same. They they are not the same. Right. Uh, the tire wear and just the surface in general, like you're going to see about a second and a half fall off on tires in the Xfinity race um, from the beginning of a run to the end. You go to Atlanta, and you're looking at three seconds. So uh, obviously the surfaces are different. We just ran Texas uh, a few weeks ago, 
and the dog leg, right when you get out of the dog leg, boom, you're in turn one. Yeah. Whereas at Charlotte, it's more centered. Right. Uh, and you got time to like get your breath and, and get the right angle into turn one. So I like Charlotte slightly better. Okay. That's kind of interesting. And, you know, we, we talk about cookie cutter. And, I mean, I guess in terms of general track length and – but now they've kind of changed Texas a little bit. So we're, what we're starting to see now is those mile-and-a-half tracks, as you said, tire wear is definitely, I mean, Atlanta's tire wear is, well, only Kevin Harvick knows Atlanta's tire wear properly, I think. But um, then you've got Texas, you've got Charlotte, and, of course, you know, Kansas and Chicago each have their own characteristics. So they really are kind of different. But the racing is generally the same. And I, I think the interesting thing for me this year is – we're seeing a lot of, I mean, Junior Motorsports obviously still strong. Joe Gibbs strong, Penske strong, but we're seeing some good performances out of some of the kind of middle pack teams. We're seeing drivers like maybe a Ross Chastain for JD Motorsports up at the top ten a lot. Does is what for whatever reason is the racing kind of starting to equalize a little bit? Are you seeing anything that's telling you that hey, we have a better chance to run five spots higher this year than last year, or is it just sort of the way that this year is gone. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables. Um, obviously it's tough to point out one thing. Everyone tries to get better equipment over time and obviously, uh, drivers mature and, and get better. But I think you owe a lot of that and the field, that gap between first and 30th shrinking with the new composite body. Um, I, I feel that was a, a good direction for the Xfinity series. Uh, I think it has helped us uh, unload better and closer. There's not we're not at as big of a uh, aero disadvantage, so okay. I, I think that's been uh, very helpful, especially at a mile and a half. You know, you're heavy in the throttle there, so uh, you are very aero dependent. And with the new um, composite body, it's kind of equal to the playing field. Do you like that style of driving? Are you are you a get to the gas and stay on it kind of driver? I mean, obviously, there's different styles of driving. What do you prefer? Myself, I, I love short track racing. Yeah. Um, when, but that's what I grew up on. So when I show up at, you know, Bristol, uh, we unloaded, and we were top 20 in practice. So it's just, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Even being a smaller team and a young driver, you can show up at a, a Bristol in New Hampshire and Iowa and be more competitive just because it's, I wouldn't say relaxing, but it's just not so far out of your comfort zone. Then you show up to a mile and a half you've never been to, and they say, hey, enter that corner at 180 and don't lift till you hit the bottom. And then you're like, wait a minute. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so uh, it's just taking in that information and doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm getting better at the mile and a half, but I feel like when you talk about a Ross Chastain or, or a Jeremy Clemens, uh, you see the road courses and the short tracks. Um, obviously, the speedways are a good equalizer, but it seems like those guys can have a better run at a short track like Iowa. I yeah. mean, last year, whoa, we almost saw a big upset. Yeah, although Ross seems to be running well everywhere this year. It's kind of one of those things. He's just having a good season, but you're right. It, a lot of times, I love the road courses in NASCAR. I don't care if it's Xfinity or Cup, and I wish the trucks would run more of them, honestly, because, as you said, they are equalizers. A team like yours has to obviously stretch a dollar a lot farther than the big teams at the front of the field. What is kind of the priority for your team as compared to a, a Penske? What what are you really, I know Chris talked to you earlier about what you focus on and what your goal is, but in terms of how do you deal with 
the lack of dollars and still try to compete? What are you maximizing? Right. With us, you know, it's crazy. You look at the 33-week schedule for the Xfinity Series, and you look at racetracks. You look at the schedule. You start circling ones that you as a driver like, um, where you think you can run well, and then you got to think about the sponsor and go, these are where we need to run uh, better than average. So you start circling those, and, and like you said, you know, you got to stretch dollars and, and make it all make sense. Uh, there's a lot of employees at SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but at the end of the day, uh, you have a responsibility to make sure uh, you have a business right. as a race team uh, from driver standpoint to Bob Daughter as the owner, and then we have uh, Grand Style as our sponsor and many other partners. So for us, we're going to look at speedways. Boom. Start off the beginning of the year at Daytona. You got three speedways with uh, Talladega and then back at Daytona again. Those are big equalizers. We're going to put more money in those races because we think we can, uh, you know, move forward with the draft. Makes you sense. can go out there and get a top 10. Then you're going to look at the road courses. I grew up road course racing, so I like those. And then Grunt Style is uh, headquartered out of Chicago, where they've been for a while. Huh. And then they are building their own uh, cut and sew factory for Made in America. Uh, t-shirts and apparel in San Antonio. So that makes Texas uh, very important to us. Uh, I have a lot of friends and family in Texas. I love Texas. So running well at those particular racetracks are important. Then you look at other tracks where you just go, hey, we're probably not going to run that great there because the aero package at, at Michigan is so important and we lack there. Or the motors because you're wide open for a long time at Michigan. Maybe we're not going to run that well. But then, boom, NASCAR makes this change, uh, and we're going to have uh, restrictor plates and a different aero package at Michigan and Pocono. So I'm excited. That may be a place where my team and I can perform better than usual. I do kind of want to backtrack because we were talking about stretching dollars and what you do on a daily basis. We had a Charlotte test not too long ago in the Xfinity Series. You didn't make it out to that. But you talked about iRacing and your full motion simulator. What all do you take from that? Is that more of just like a track layout type of deal, just to learn the tracks more as you go throughout the season? Yeah, so a lot of people put a lot of faith in uh, in iRacing. And myself, I use it as a tool, strictly a tool. I don't want to take something that I learned on there and go out to the racetrack and do it. Uh, I still approach the racetrack with my own mindset and kind of the rituals that I do when I show up to a new racetrack. But with iRacing, you get the visual. You get an idea of how deep you can drive into the corner. Um, it just gives you an idea of what everything looks like. They have the cones on the wall or the three, two, one. Um, I think it's more about learning the layout and maybe where the bump is. Hey, the bump is before you want to turn off the wall instead of right at the point when you turn off the wall. Like uh, Dover uh, was a track that I did a ton of laps at iRacing, and then I showed up to the track, and they had uh, done something with a tunnel or a new uh, – um, they, like – grinded down some uh, concrete okay. and it caused a big bump that wasn't on iRacing. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you just talk to your crew chief and he's like, well, you know, iRacing is good, but, you know, it, it's not 100% all the time. So that's why you don't want to put a ton of focus in that. And you're correct. I, I didn't do the test. Mm -hmm. I was out there for every minute of it, though. I'll tell you that. I, I live right down the street, so that's the positive. Mm -hmm. But we looked at it um, from our team standpoint with my teammate Joey Gase and we decided with our resources and, and the, the guys that we have, uh, we were going to send everyone in the shop mm -hmm. out to the test. Mm -hmm. uh, Joey Gase has eight years of experience. So with that being said, we had a few things that we wanted to try. Uh, not that we have the same driving style. Um, it's similar. Uh, 
but I was out there on the roof watching because mm-hmm. I could learn a lot more mm-hmm. just being on top of the hauler and up there in the spotter stand watching Joey and uh, talking to him about where he changed his line and what he felt with different um, parts and, and pieces that we changed on the race car. And I feel like as a team, we got a good idea of what to expect out of our Charlotte car. Spencer, I'm curious, the relationship, the teammates there between you and Joey, it almost seems odd in a way for somebody looking from the outside in. You and Joey are close to the same age, and yet he has almost a decade of experience, and yet here you are just going into your second year running in these cars. Is it one of those where... You guys relate well together. You can kind of lean off each other and really um, talk it out well because you know how to communicate, but yet you're a sponge and you're trying to soak in every little thing you can. I am definitely a sponge. So uh, (laughs) when it comes to uh, dead phone batteries and just talking to everybody I can to uh, become a better race car driver, that's my job. Uh, Every morning I wake up, that's what I need to do for myself and my sponsors. But uh, back to your point with Joey, um, he's a great teammate. Like I said, he's been doing this eight years. It's crazy to think he started in Xfinity at 18. I hadn't even ran a stock car race, full-size stock car, <laughs> until I was 18. Yeah. Uh, like 18 and a couple months. Yeah. So uh, we had different journeys, for sure, to, to make it in this sport. And everyone, uh, you know, talks about following Jeff Gordon or Dale Jr. and just different people's paths. And at the end of the day, you got to just – uh, mow your own road. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of, you just got to get out there and you got to make it happen. So uh, myself, I, I lean on Joey a lot. Our driving styles are different, but he's very open. He will shoot me straight when it comes to I'm lifting at this marker or I'm on the brake this much. Uh, some guys you don't want to listen to. They're not, they're not going to give you uh, all the details. They're just going to say, yeah, drive into there. And then when you wreck, they're going to be like, well, you, you couldn't handle it. So um, <laughs> Joey knows what we're up against as far as a team and our budgets together and our resources at the shop. At the end of the day, it's our job to um, run well on the racetrack. Uh, the guys at the shop need to put a good product out there for us, but we don't want to go out there and tear it up every week uh, making mistakes. All right. Joey still looks like he's 18, too, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, he's kind of yeah. one of those. I think he's 26, so I'm yeah. 22. He's, he's about four years older than me, but uh, – We're at similar points in our lives, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to really start kind of previewing the weekend a little bit in all forms here. We've got some major races to talk about. We'll keep Spencer around if he'd like to stay and help us to talk about uh, the big shows on the weekend right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. 
Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Metallica is good any time of the day. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, and our special guest, Xfinity Racer for SS Greenlight Racing, Spencer Boyd, as we start to talk about the upcoming weekend. We've kind of teased throughout the show all these big races that are happening on the weekend. Um, when you look at the ALSCO 300, we'll start there because that's the first big race after this show airs live. Um, Jacob, it's really going to be, I think, a story of a couple of different situations. You have the junior motorsports cars that are probably in line right now for the championship. I mean, if I had to bet, I'm picking a junior motorsports car to win the title. But then to me, not only you always have the Penske car show up, depending on who's driving it, but really what I'm focused on is the Joe Gibbs racing entries and to see how they're going to do this year because they haven't had the best year overall. But gosh, it seems like Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, whoever's in the main car ends up running for the win or winning Charlotte almost every year. So I don't know that you can really pick a favorite out of the lot. I think there's probably somewhere in that group is the driver that's going to win this race. I would argue you are likely correct, but I will... Who am I missing? <laughs> Who are you missing? I mean, you throw in the fact that we do have a couple of very, very hungry full-time drivers. One that immediately comes to mind is Cole Custer from Stuart Haas. Okay, yep. And, you know... Cole that, runs well at Charlotte, too. Yes, he does. He runs exceptionally well at Charlotte, I've, and he runs exceptionally well on mile-and-a-half tracks, period. I believe that he 
will be a factor in this race, but you are correct that JGR oftentimes is the favorite. I mean, the other car I'm looking at would be uh, the Ganassi 42 car for Charlotte because that's a car, oh, by the way, that's the defending Charlotte Xfinity winner with Alex Bowman last fall. In fact, uh, you have to go all the way back to May of 2016 to find the last time that a JGR Toyota won at Charlotte in the Xfinity Series. That was Denny Hamlin, and before that, it was the fall of 2013 when Kyle Busch swept the Charlotte Xfinity races in 2013. While JGR always seems to run strong in the Xfinity series, they have not been the favorites years. I look to the Penske cars, well, yeah, which I have won out of the last yep. three. I look at uh, RCR, Austin Dillon, swept the races there in 2015. I mean, this is not as easy as it uh, once looked for JGR, just my two cents. Well, you know, and what's really interesting to me is when you get there, I mean, you talk Penske, you've always got a Joey Logano or a Brad Keselowski, Chris, that end up being the ones to really make those Penske cars run up front. It's like the cup guys obviously have a bit of an advantage there just because of their experience, but I'm not so sure. You look at JGR, you've got Brandon Jones, you've got Christopher Bell, both are great drivers, but they're young and they're still learning the ropes. So, I mean, Custer certainly is somebody that we've got to keep an eye on that I just kind of forget about because there's only one Stuart Haas car and they haven't been around Xfinity long enough for us to really uh, kind of have them in mind. If you're not looking at Brandon Jones as a potential driver to run in the top five, I'm sorry. There's something wrong with you the way he's run this year, Chris. And I would argue that, especially after how he raced Kyle Busch in the truck race last weekend. You guys are all focusing on the wrong guys. I'm going to say it right now. The 21 of Daniel Hemrick is going to be on par this week at Charlotte. He's top five in points. He's been running top 10 in all the races so far. He's really on a good string of momentum. Daniel Hemrick's going to do well at Charlotte. Hey, there's another regular that honestly sure. did not pop yep. into my head right off. But I well, agree you mentioned with the Chris. RCR cars. You just didn't yeah, specifically. I just neglected yeah. to specifically mention Daniel. But you're correct in the fact that I think Daniel Hemrick, and stop and consider, he's another driver that, much like Spencer Boyd, got his racing start at Charlotte Motor Speedway. This is a home game for Daniel, and he's going to be motivated. I know he's motivated everywhere because he just wants to win, but this race in particular, I believe that there's an extra circle on Daniel Hemrick's calendar going into this Allsco 300, and... He's contended this year, even among the cup guys. If anybody's going to do it, him and Custer are the two that I look at from the regulars, uh, aside from, of course, the JRM cars, as guys who are going to have a shot. Hemrick is just a guy that you watch. And, I mean, I've been around the sport long enough now that it seems like every year in one series or another, there's that one driver who you just know ought to be winning multiple races and he gets so close and then something snatches it away. Like you, you really, it's almost that's your Cinderella. That's the guy that you want to see win because he's done everything but win. And you're right. Being Charlotte in his, his hometown and he really has had a, a good year so far this year and even made his cup debut I think Daniel is a guy that could be, but you know, it, 
And it would be refreshing because basically every year it seems like it comes down to a Penske, a JGR, you know, <laughs> it's always one of the cup guys that ends up running up front there. Speaking of Penske, you, you talk about the Brad Kozlowski's and the Joe Logano's yeah. that always make stuff happen. But let's not forget about the 12 car this week of Austin Sendrick, who was definitely really good at the Charlotte test. He learned a lot. He was yeah. talking to Brad in the 22 when they were de- there testing it. He's learned a lot of information coming into this race. So I think he's also another driver that's actually a regular that could play a factor into this. Hey, guys, can either of you name me the last time a non-cup driver, with the exception of Alex Bowman, won an Xfinity race at Charlotte? It's probably been a while. Yeah, 2009 yeah. to be exact. I want to say, Chris, do you know who it was? Uh, Without looking it up. Wow, Joey? 2009. No, 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 no. Do I know who it was? I don't. Mike Bliss. Oh, my. In the May race. I don't even remember that. That was kind of a wild and woolly day. Mike Bliss and Brendan Gone both outran Kyle Busch in that race. Uh, as a matter of fact, that race happened to be rain-shortened. Okay. It doesn't matter, though. I mean, Mike was really, really good. He led the last 21 laps of that race, and that he was driving for James Finch in the Mikasuki car. Ah, and Brendan, that explains it. Brendan ran second in the 5-Hour Energy car for Rusty Wallace Incorporated. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, the, James Finch, that one car was an extremely top-notch, ultra-competitive Bush Series car, I think it was back then, if it had not even gone to Nationwide. It had gone to Nationwide at that point. In that period of time, that car was considered one of the top cars on the circuit. James has never had a particularly strong cup car, but his, uh, his cars in that series were always strong, and so that's, I, I didn't remember Mike winning, but telling me he was in that car, I'm not surprised. And yeah, like I said, it just seems like the Cup guys always end up winning at Charlotte, and so you just kind of look and see which Cup guys are in which cars for the weekend and start there. But you know, some of these young kids we've talked about certainly have a good shot at it, mm-hmm. and it'll be fun to see if they can knock the Cup guys down a peg or two and pull it off. It really will be. I'm looking forward to this race. I think sometimes it gets underrated because especially last fall's race, there was a lot of action. That race that Alex Bowman won for quite some time, I don't think you really knew exactly how it was going to turn out. We knew Bowman had a good car, but I don't think we felt like he really had a dominant car. And he just put himself in position to pounce late and pull away, and that's exactly what he did. This race is always very difficult because it's run in the heat of the afternoon. You're slipping, you're sliding. Spencer, I'm sure you can speak to this. Charlotte, as many drivers have talked about over the past week or so, exceptionally temperature sensitive, probably the most temperature sensitive track we have on the circuit. And when you're running mid-afternoon, it is absolutely crazy slip sliding around. Absolutely. It's it's going to be a, a tough one out there. You know, um, it'll be my first uh, daytime Charlotte race. So I'm excited. Uh, you could tell in practice that uh, the cars were slipping and sliding today. Well, it's definitely going to be really intriguing for you, I'm sure, as a driver to get in and actually take the green flag at a track where you've grown up watching so, so many races 
and seen so many of your heroes go out and perform well. So we we wish you all the best. Uh, and I know that you've got a bunch of different uh, partners and a lot of folks who have helped make it possible for you to reach the Xfinity level. So as we go to break, let's give you a little time here and uh, let you give some shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be great to race in the backyard. Uh, a lot of friends and family are going to be out here, a lot of high school friends, so that's cool. But wouldn't be here without Grunt Style, my primary sponsor. And we got Calcutta Coolers, Calcutta Outdoors on board this weekend, and another veteran-owned company, Strike Force Energy. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Follow me on Twitter at Spencer Boyd, Instagram at Spencer Boyd PR, and uh, try and interact with you guys. Look forward to uh, meeting you guys online. Well, we definitely look forward to uh, we'll let you hang around for the next uh, the rest of the show if you'd like. But we want to make sure you got your partners in while we had a chance to do that. We'll continue to preview the shows of the weekend on the Stock Car Show as we move forward right around the turn. You are listening to the show on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, 
Don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Hey, weren't we just talking about him a minute ago? I think so. He showed up to remind me not to forget him anymore. (laughs) I think that's how that works. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, Jacob Seelman, Spencer Boyd, our special guest. And uh, now previewing the weekend, we talked about the Elsco 300 for the Xfinity Series, which Spencer will be making his first start in on Saturday. So we'll talk a little bit about the big show on Sunday or the big shows, I guess. And let's go in order here just for the fun of it. The first show that uh, everybody's going to see on Sunday, of course, is the Grand Prix of Monaco. And this is a race. I don't care if you're a Formula One fan or not. I am not. I will admit I am not the world's biggest F1 fan, although this year I've been really enjoying the parody in the series for a change and there's been a lot of exciting racing. But at the same time, whether you're an F1 fan or not, you just got to appreciate this race because one Monaco is just spectacular to look at. I mean, it's a beautiful course. And two, it's about as hard to pass at Monaco as it is anywhere else on any circuit in the world, Jacob. And this is why starting position there is so critical And track position all the way through the race is critical. So your strategies, as far as pit stops and such, is critical as well. And then if you mix in a good rainstorm, now you got to worry about tires. And it's just a race that's almost impossible for us to sit here again and pick a favorite. Although certainly Lewis Hamilton would be as close to a dominator of that circuit as anything. But the way this year's unfolded, I'm not sure you put him in that category. I think anybody can win this. Um, have you watched the Grand Prix of Monaco the last couple of years? What, what? Yeah, but there's what universe is Lewis Hamilton the favorite in? Well, I mean, up up until the last couple of years, sure, but I still think going in, Hamilton's the guy that you would normally want to watch. But this year, the way the way that you've got Vettel, you've got. Um, Botas, I mean, you've, you've got some guys now. I think both the Red Bull cars are going to be real potential forces in this race. And honestly, I could even see if we start to have some things happen during the race just right, I could even see a McLaren car, not necessarily contending for the win, but <clears throat> Alonzo. Yeah, I could see old Fernando mixing it up for a podium spot or a top five here. I'll I just remind, think this is going to be a wide open race. Yes, I'll remind you that Fernando Alonso is a two-time winner of the Monaco yes. Grand Prix in 2006 and 2007, but I'll say. also remind you that Lewis Hamilton, since 2008, which was his uh, breakout year in Formula One, has only won the Grand Prix of Monaco once, and that was in 2016. Yes, track position is important, but the last time the pole sitter won the Grand Prix of Monaco was 2014 when Nico Rosberg won his second straight from the pole. That was the middle of his string of three Monaco victories in succession. I mean, this is 
a wild race, and this is a race that, Tom, like you accurately said, we can't predict because of strategy. It's likely going to come down to strategy. It's come down to pit strategy that's won and lost drivers this race the last two years. Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari, the defending champions of this event, I look for them to have the pace, but I'll tell you the guy who I think has the most motivation and the guy who, quite frankly, I believe is going to come out with a chip on his shoulder to win his second Monaco Grand Prix, and that's Kimi Raikkonen. Raikkonen's done everything but win this year with Ferrari. Sebastian's gotten the laurels. Kimi's been super fast, and he loves this racetrack. I think Raikkonen, the the, the Finn is going to be the guy, I think, this year. I think Kimi wins the Grand Prix on Sunday, and perhaps it's 1-2 for Finland because I believe Valtteri Botas is going to be a factor too, and I think it's going to be the two of them fighting it out at the end. Well, boy, it's that could be a real possibility, but I still look at the Red Bull cars, and I still want to say that this is a circuit where if you get the right things that play out just the right way, I mean, honestly... I think Ricardo is probably, in my mind, one of the favorites because I think this is a track where he can really drive the way that he prefers to run a race. Now, Verstappen has got to turn down his aggression button just Max a little bit. Max has to not be quite so much of a dart without feathers right. here. If he, can, if he can just take a few deep breaths before the start of the race, because I feel like this is the kind of of a situation where those cars could really contend. And you're right. The Ferraris, I mean, like I said, it's almost impossible to pick a winner. And you say that, well, okay, the pole winner hasn't won it since 14. But if you start looking at where everybody started who did win, unless something happened in relation to bad pit strategy or maybe a, a rain scenario, it's still been the top three or four. Your winner's going to come likely out of the first two rows. The last time somebody won from worse than the first two rows was in 1996 when Olivier Panis won in the Ligier Mugen Honda back uh, in that race, which I believe was, in fact, rain-plagued and absolutely mass insanity at the end of it. Red Bull won three in a row from 2010 to 2012, two by Mark Webber and Vettel's first of his two Monaco victories. They've not won since. Mercedes went on a run of four in a row when Rosberg won his three and then Hamilton won in 16. Vettel won last year for Ferrari's first win at Monaco since 2001. It's anybody's guess. It, it really is on Sunday. This comes down to so many factors, and there are so many cars that can be in contention because, quite frankly, Monaco is one of the great equalizers yeah. of this sport because of how tight it is, how tough it is to pass, how tough the strategy is. You just don't know. No, and I think in the past with the way that these teams have thought about the race, You know, there's been a Constructors' Cup sort of thing. This year, I kind of feel like, for whatever reason, they're more considerate each to their own of trying to get their driver up front because there's so many more drivers who are capable of winning these races, Chris. And I still think that if there's a guy that I had to put money on, I'm still betting on Lewis Hamilton. And the reason I'm doing that is because, one, This guy wants to win another championship. And this season so far, 
not necessarily the best start for him. And I think he would look at Monaco as an opportunity to get off the schneid a little bit and show that, okay, I'm still the king of this deal. Yeah, Monaco could be a really good bounce back for right. Lewis Hamilton. He he needs it, it, especially for a confidence booster to show that he can still do this thing. And Monaco is a place to get it done. And it's the the greatest day in motorsports yep. is what it's called. And, and it's a great way to start off the day. And, and looking at Monaco, like you said, it, it's a it's a great track, a great course uh, to to start the day off on, and a great uh, a great way to start the day. So yes. Monaco will be definitely something uh, I'm looking forward to. I will to. just say this, Jacob: big drivers win on big stages, and Lewis has won on a lot of big stages. And this is one of the biggest. I love how you say he's trying to reestablish being the king, and yet he has. Nearly a full race lead in the point standings, and he's won the last two races coming into Monaco. But you, so. but if you look at the season as a whole, the reason he's got such a big points lead is not because he's won the last two races. It's because he has been consistent where other drivers either win or don't. So this has been a season where I think Lewis has lost a little bit of the this is Lewis's world. The rest of them are just living in it. Perhaps he's been on the podium in four out of five races. His average finish is 2.2. So that speaks to your point a little bit. But well, Exactly. We'll just have to see. Anyway, so we go from the breakfast act to the brunch slash lunch act that is the greatest spectacle in racing. And the lead into the Indianapolis 500 has been a true emotional whirlwind, the likes of which we have not seen in a long time. You had Elio Castroneves back with speed. You had Danica Patrick, who will start in the first three rows for the race on Sunday. You watched a bump day in which two absolute fan favorites were bumped out of the field... We've already seen it all, and we've not even seen how the new Aero package is going to behave with 33 cars for 500 miles. If you're not excited, I don't know what kind of race fan you are. I am more nervously anticipating this running of the Indianapolis 500 maybe than any Indy 500 I've watched in my lifetime, period, bar none. I will say I couldn't have been more wrong in my prediction for the poll last Thursday uh, because I picked James Hinchcliffe, and he's not even <laughs> going to make it. I so forgot you did that. I can't, yeah, uh, you did do I that. I could not be any more wrong uh, than what I did last Thursday. But you know what? That's the beauty of having Bump Day back. No one likes to see a driver go home from a race but that's part of what makes Indy Indy Hinchcliffe's team came in and they've just simply laid an egg they did not have the speed Wickens is in but he's not overly fast I mean Schmidt Peterson kind of fumbled the ball a little bit but again We've watched, I mean, back in 95, we watched Roger Penske's cars not make the Indy 500. And we, when the captain's cars don't make it, you know that something's wrong. But that's how big this is. I, I feel really bad that James didn't get that car in because it was certainly a situation where you think, okay, well, bad run the first time. 
they'll fix it and he'll find enough speed to squeak it in on it. But then you put yourself in a box. There's only so much time. And after a couple of attempts, you know, the second time they had a vibration and he waved it off and then he just ran out of time to get another uh, shot at it, Jacob. And, you know, that's just how it goes. Exactly. And it was a broken tire pressure sensor that they later. Uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, they later discovered exactly what the issue was that caused the vibration. And you can't take that chance. Had they taken the chance and left him out there, that's an issue that could oh, have sure. easily put him Absolutely. in the wall with a blown tire. We know what happened the last time James Hinchcliffe took a heavy hit into the wall at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It nearly cost him his life. Yes. So the safe call there, unfortunately, it put him on the wrong side of bump day, and it's it sucks. I'm not going to lie because James is the perennial fan favorite He's the Honda spokesman, and I don't think there's anybody more well-liked in the paddock than Hinch. And like you said, though, this is just the beauty of bump day. This, to me, is the biggest miss on bump day since 95 when both Penske cars missed the field. That's how big this is. And, and, you know, you talk about Team Penske. Let's talk about what they did for qualifying day one. They, Elio... Uh, put it on the top, and I think three of the four, Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong, three of the four Penske cars in the top ten? Yeah, let's try top four I was gonna Penske say. cars yeah. in the top nine. One, two, three, and six it. on day one. And, of course, the top nine were locked in from Saturday qualifying. So all four Penske cars will start from the first three rows of the grid in Sunday's Indianapolis 500. That's a big deal, not only for Roger Penske to potentially win his 17th in the great race, but for Elio, who's chasing number four, how big would that be? And probably got out after that run, looked at Roger Penske, and went, see, there you go. You should have kept me in the car. And with that, yep. we will step aside, come back, and continue our preview here. Lightning round coming up. We'll finish Indy. We'll preview the Coca-Cola 600, and we'll throw the checkered flag on this program right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Well, I've been afraid. 
about these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, Jacob Seelman, our special guest, Spencer Boyd, who's been quietly observing our, our preview of the weekend and uh, we'll get to some picks here in a moment and we'll uh, involve Spencer as well. We're not going to ask him to bet on his own race because, well, you know, that whole Pete Rose thing. But um, we will uh, see who he feels like is going to win the other races on the weekend here. Talking about the Indy 500 and again, Danica Patrick, one of the biggest stories going into the race. It's her big finale. She's retiring after this and she's going out. Hopefully in a blaze of glory here. GoDaddy back on board as a sponsor. They put, they made the car green, of course, for GoDaddy. And then they stuck a 13 on it, which flies in the face of every old legendary racing superstition on the planet. And I love that it does. And what does she do with this unlucky car? Puts it in the top nine. She puts it in the top nine. And I'm not surprised by this because I knew she would be fast by herself. And I think she'll enjoy a good run in the race. This is really already a good weekend for her because just the fact that she was able to to start in the top nine and prove that, okay, I can still wheel one of these Indy cars in Indianapolis. As long as she gets through this race, has a good showing, a good performance, regardless of the result, it's going to be a nice way for Danica to uh kind of send her career off the exact wording was exceeded expectations Danica admitted this exceeded her own expectations for where she believed they would be in qualifying and quite frankly when you stop and consider the makeup of these first three rows of the grid for the 500 there are four Penske cars there are three Ed Carpenter cars two teams occupy seven of the front nine spots and 
I frankly did not think that we were going to see that in a year where so much parity has already been the norm for Penske and ECR and really for Chevrolet as a whole. The last four years have been dominated by Honda at the Speedway. The Bowtie Brigade came back and has said, um, yeah, forget about us. You shouldn't. Well, that's really what did happen, at least in the qualifying trim, Chris, is you had the Chevrolets basically dominate, and you get a driver like Graham Rahal, who you just would have, I would have put him in the top nine all day long at Indianapolis, or even Marco Andretti, the way that Marco's been running this season, would have put him in the top nine all day long. Andretti Autosport kind of failed to appear in the qualifying session and Graham Rahal almost below all of them kind of in the middle of, of all of those cars. Graham Rahal was real close at one point to not making this show. And well, that's unbelievable. 30th. Yeah. So I'm saying, well, it just goes to show all of the unknowns that happen when yeah. you show up to Indianapolis Motor Speedway because you try to get the predictions. You try to say, oh, we'll put this guy in the top nine and we'll put this person towards like the top 15, top 20. And it's completely reversed from what you thought of going in the day. It just, it, it's so fun to me to watch the week leading up to the Indy 500 starting with qualifying and all the news, all the buzz that goes around it because there's just so much stuff that goes into it that makes it so Something great. to keep your eye on. In qualifying, it's one car on the track, and this is why I thought it was really interesting. And if this has been done before, I just completely missed it. This is the first year I was aware of it. Somebody found a way to keep track. They called it something like the no-toe list or whatever. This is a list of drivers who were fast by themselves. And that's something that Indianapolis Motor Speedway has always had during the month of May practice. They, They keep separate listings of the practice speeds of whose laps are fast in the draft and those who are not to separate before qualifying who's fast in which trim which I haven't seen that promoted and talked about as much as I have this year and maybe because Danica was kind of a tale of two situations she wasn't all that great in the draft, but she was in the top five to seven all month long almost, or at least the last, you know, several days leading up to qualifying with by herself. So it's one of those things you look at this and you say, okay, the Chevy's dominated qualifying. Well, now if you start looking at the list of drivers who are better in the draft, the Hondas start coming back to the forefront a little bit. So I'm not so sure we can draw the conclusion that this is going to be a Chevrolet-dominated 500. I think once you get 33 cars out there and, you know, the green flag drops, I think you're going to see Chevy and Honda both compete fairly equally in some of these cars like the Andretti group who weren't as good in qualifying as they would have liked to have been will start to creep up back to the front and be able to race well. And to be very clear, the best driver in the draft all month long Marco Andretti. Absolutely. Marco led two practice sessions in the draft, including Fast Friday prior to qualifications, which netted him a $10,000 bonus for Andretti Herta Autosport. And if any year is going to be the year to break the curse, I know I feel like we say that every year, but, I mean, good grief, Marco has had a lot, a lot of speed this month, and I think he will race very, very well. Will he be in contention at the end? 
We just have to wait and find out. But so, he's strong. He's as strong as I've ever seen him since he nearly missed it uh, in 2006 to Sam Hornish. He's had some real momentum coming in, too. He's had a good season for Marco. And I think that's going to be important as we throw the green and get this race underway. He's going in with some confidence, I believe, that he hasn't had. And, you know, that's I don't think you can understate that at Indy. It's the same reason why Elio doesn't run until Indy gets back in the car and boom, he's the fastest qualifier on the first day. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, and as we sort of transition here to talk about the 600 that will conclude the day and this race so much the opposite of Indy in a way, because Indy 500, it feels like it's run almost like a 500-mile sprint car race. The 600, I feel like, is sort of more you got to be patient. You got some uh, you got a daytime into nighttime kind of transitional where the car may work well early, not late, or vice versa. So a lot to think about in the 600. And as you look at this, I mean, Kevin Harvick comes in. I mean, I made the comment to somebody after the race on Saturday night that it's like Kevin's become, he's an alien from space or something. He just, it doesn't matter what you put on his car. He just goes out and finds a way to win this year. It's, he's got the golden horseshoe and it's really hard to bet against him right now, even though this race is an outlier where, you know, who's hot up to the 600 doesn't always mean that's who's going to win it. It's like watching a video game play out right now. Yeah. Kevin compared that himself in a couple of his recent Victory Lane interviews. He said it feels like we're literally playing a video game right now, yeah. and we just keep winning. And Kevin Harvick is a former winner of the Coca-Cola 600 in a memory that I know many NASCAR fans would sooner forget. He passed Dale Earnhardt Jr. running out of fuel, coming off turn four, in the last 100 yards of the last lap to win in 2011 for Richard Childress Racing, I don't believe that Kevin has won it yet for Stuart Haas, but he's come awful close a time or two, and this is a team that right now, I don't care where you put them, they can win any race, any track, any time, any way, just about. I mean, they won the All-Star Race for a million bucks. They're 6 for 13 on the year. I wouldn't bet against them. Chris, we watched Martin Truex not too awful long ago take this race by the horns and just shake it and literally lead all but like 12 laps. Could we see this from Kevin Harvick this year? From Kevin Harvick, I think it's a, a real possibility because he's just been so dominant on the mile and a half so far this year. I mean, if we look at it, Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch has been good at Charlotte too in the past, but if we look at the past few races – Toyota's been kicked while they were down. They haven't been up front. They haven't been leading a lot uh, of laps. So they're they're really in a, a bad confident state going into the 600. So seeing how this race plays up, uh, seeing the momentum they're coming off of, uh, you know, winning the all-star race. I mean, their crew was climbing the fence. Uh, they were so excited to win that all-star race. So they're, they're feeling good. They're going into this race. Kevin Harvick's going to be tough to beat and tough to chase down this week. Okay, so now we go around the table. we got just a couple minutes left here. want to get some picks from everybody, and here's how we're going to do this. I want your 
Monaco pick, your Indy 500 pick, and your Coca-Cola 600 pick in about 30 seconds or so. And I will start with Jacob Go. All right. Monaco is going to be the driver who goes to two in a row and keeps Ferrari's run going this season. Sebastian Vettel wins the breakfast act. The 500 is anybody's guess, but... Gosh darn it, I can't go against the sentimental favorite. And I believe after a frustrating loss a year ago, Elio comes back, avenges the runner-up, and gets number four. Coke 600, until somebody beats him, I believe what I see. Kevin Harvick goes 7 of 14 to open the year. Chris? Uh, Monaco, I'm going to have to agree with Jacob. Vettel looks really good right now coming into this race, so he he definitely has the chance to do it for the 500. I'm gonna go gonna go a Penske car, but it's not gonna be Elio. It's gonna be the guy that's starting fourth, Will Power. Uh, for the 600, I don't want to pick uh, Kevin Harvick because he's just won so much over the Two past few lip. weeks. Uh, so I'll go with another guy that's pretty successful at Charlotte and Kyle Busch. Yeah, Kyle's coming in with a little bit of um, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he, he's coming in mad. When Kyle comes in mad, he's definitely a threat to run up front and win any race. So, all right. Um, Spencer, you want to take a shot at this? F1. Sure. sure. Monaco. Uh, I'm going with Hamilton. I'm a fan. So uh, that's what I'm going with there. And then Indy, I'm going with Elio. And I'm I'm going out on a limb with the 600. This guy has a lot of history at Charlotte Motor Speedway and what used to be Lowe's Motor Speedway. I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. Whoa. Mm. Wow. Okay. This is the first year, I think, that Jimmy Johnson cannot be considered a two-inch limb. Um, In fact, he would almost be a dark horse at this point. Okay. So for me, um, I'm going to start with F1, and I'm going to pick uh, Daniel Ricciardo to get the win there just because somebody a little different. Uh, Indy 500... I'm also going with a storybook ending, but as much as I'd like to see Elio win, I think mine would be a better story. Marco Andretti gets the win in the Indy 500, and I'm just going to warn everybody right now, keep your eye on Zach Veach because he ran really well in uh, the racing package or in the draft this week. And I think Zach's going to be a rookie that will figure it out as it goes. And if he's around at the end, could be a top five to seven finish for him. And then in the Coca-Cola 600, um, you know what? It's kind of one of those flip a coin in a way, because if you're not going to pick a favorite, then basically everything else is a dark horse. So um, I'm just going to go out on a bit of a limb here and say that we're going to get a storybook ending the way that we got it, we started it All-Star Weekend. We're going to finish it at the 600. I'm picking Matt Kenseth to win it for Roush Fenway. Oh. Okay. Wow. Why not? Dark Horse, Daniel Suarez, motivated. Just saying. Ooh, and what a run that kid had yes. last weekend Absolutely. as well. Of course, whole different package. But, yeah, he's had a Still. quietly had a good season. Yes, he has. And we're going to throw the checkered flag on this show just like that. Thanks to Bob Steele, Sue Mason, and all the folks at PMN that helped make this show possible. For Tom Baker, Chris Murdoch, our special guest for the evening, Spencer Boyd. I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're going to be at a racetrack at any point the rest of this weekend, we hope you have a safe one, and we might just see you there, folks. Good night. 
You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.